And we're just going to continue our Sense series. This is the last week of the Sense series uh, that we're doing at a church uh, for the mission. Um, that's what we've been talking about, how Divergent is a church, but, you know, all churches, uh, you know, we, we, we've talked about how God is a missional God and he has a mission for the church, not and, and how the church is made for the mission. That's what his purpose is for the church. I just want to share uh, this quote, and there's a guy called Dr. D.T. Niles. He was a pastor and evangelist in Sri Lanka, and he said this, The gospel is like a seed, and you have to sow it. When you sow the seed of the gospel in Israel, a plant that can be called Jewish Christianity grows. When you sow it in Rome, a plant of Roman Christianity grows. You sow the gospel in Great Britain, and you get British Christianity. The seed of the gospel is later brought to America, and a plant grows of American Christianity. Now, when missionaries come to our lands, they brought not only the seed of the gospel, but their own plant of Christianity, flower pot included. So what we have to do is break the flower pot, take out the seed of the gospel, sow it in our own cultural soil and let our version of Christianity grow. I just love that quote. We need to break the flower pot, take out the seed of the gospel. You know, I've been listening to a lot of Alan Hirsch lately and he says this, the role of the church is not to plant churches, but to plant the gospel. And I just, just for those for some context, you know, especially in the Western world, we have become, and this is, I don't think people do this out of, um, you know, they're not purposely doing this, but we are in a performance world and we, grow, we get our identity from performance. And so, you know, often, even myself, have been caught, you know, when you're talking to other churches or how many people do you have? And that performance, you know, we, we've come about numbers. And the new trend that's coming out that I hear and, Again, I think I've caught myself saying it, is how many churches do you have? And I think, again, because we've been so focused on performance, and unfortunately, it's affected how we've done the gospel. See, the problem with focus on church planning is that we run the risk of a specific model of church instead of being sent to a specific context. See, our focus should be planting the gospel, and being open to whatever form of Christian, uh, Christian community that may be able to grow in that context doesn't mean the gospel changes. I know there are churches that are changing the gospel message. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about how the gospel should come into the community and around the gospel the community forms. See, what often we do in the church, we, we set and plan a church in this place. And what we have done is we make the community the missionaries. And what I mean is they have to come into our context and our culture. So we're not the missionaries. They are the missionaries because they have to change their culture. And I think this is something that I feel God has been speaking to me about over the last few months. And I just want to encourage you. Mike Breen says this, and you've probably heard this many times. If you make disciples, you'll always get the church. But if you make a church, you rarely get disciples. And so uh, that's why we've been doing this series, the Scent series. You know, that's why we've been talking about trying to rethink um, how we do things. And I think culture has really influenced the way we do things. 
We talked about being sent, like I said, that the missionary nature of God and, and how Scripture points to God redeeming His people and sending people to do that. Um, we don't send missionaries. The church is the missionary. And we talked about the, the key to being sent is, is knowing God's voice. You know, we just spent a time there where we sat and listened to hear. And, and again, you know, at, at Divergent Church, we believe that God speaks. It's, a, it's not a one-way conversation. It's a two-way conversation. We talked about maybe, um, you know, it's more to do with us than it is God. And so there are some wrong, wrong expectations how God communicates and we talked about how God communicates in visions and dreams. Um, you, can, you can listen to this podcast as we went through that. We talked about how God communicates by talking to our thoughts. He often doesn't talk in a, a loud, audible voice. And that's probably something the church hasn't done very well at in communicating. Um, and so if you want to go and listen to that message, we talked about that. And I think that's, that's got to be key to being sent people. It's got to be key to the mission is knowing where God is sending us. And sending us as messengers. How can we communicate when we don't even know what God's wanting us to communicate? And then last week we talked about a church that is a blessing. And again, something um, is important as Christians that, um, you know, God doesn't just bless us. He blesses us to be a blessing. To go and, and I think it, it, it was sad to see the stat that 90% of 16 to 29 year olds see Christians as judgmental. That's, that's a very high stat. And, and I think because we haven't been a blessing to those around us. And, and so we talked about that as well. How can we as a church be a blessing? Because you got to think about Jesus, people were attracted to him. All different, um, you know, cultural, social people. It was just, they were attracted to Jesus because he was a blessing. The way he cared, the way he had compassion on others. And I, th I believe as a church, people should be coming to us for things that, you know, they're struggling with or because they see how we have walked through the trials and the struggles and, and how God has blessed us through those things and those seasons. And so we talked about that. Whereas this week, I want to talk about being a church that plants the gospel. A church that plants a gospel. As we, as we go out, as we send a church that plants a gospel. You know, there's a time where this country that we live in, Australia, was known to be a Christian nation. Many missionaries, and I've, I've been reading a book recently about a missionary coming to Australia, coming to the indigenous community, and they planted the gospel. And from that, our laws, social structures, weekly rhythms have been developed out of this faith. Everything that our values have grown on has been grown on this Christian values uh, because this, this nation was a Christian nation. And, but unfortunately, this world, Australia, has been changing and we have seen this, that we are becoming a post-Christian society. Uh, we have to accept the fact that that. The stats say that Christianity is dying. And so how we plant the gospel compared to 50 years ago must change. We can't keep doing the same thing because right now, the, what we're doing right now, it's not working. And I believe it's not because God has changed. I, I, I know and I, I myself uh, used to just make excuses 
I used to tell myself that, oh, well, it's just the world. This is the end times. I don't know if you've heard that before. The end times talks about this. You know, things, wrong things will become right. I used to just make these excuses in my head. I really felt God really speak into that. And I had to rethink. Because you know what? When I look across the world and get a perspective, God is, his church is growing. Maybe here it isn't, but we have seen the church grow exponentially in, in places that just blow your mind. And so the question needs to be, is it anything to do with God or is it to do with us? Is it to do with the church? Maybe we've, we've got to shift the way we do it. And I, and I remember growing up that I used to get so angry about the way our values are changing. And I see this with other um, believers that I walk with. You know, they complain and whine about the law changes and we spend all our energy fighting against this, this society we live in. And, and look, I understand and I, I know that some have been called to do that and we, we pray for those people. But maybe we've just been stuck. We've been so privileged as a community enjoying this Christian society that we have forgotten how to use our hands. We have forgotten how to be sent we have forgotten what it means to, to live like Christ. There is a story of a, a lady called Madeline in 1980, um, and she arrived at St. Benedict's Hospital. And she was born blind and had cerebral palsy. For her whole life, her family looked after her. And she, she was 60 years old. And what surprised the neurologist, the guy whose name was Stack, who was responsible for Madeline's care, was that although Madeline was highly intelligent and spoke eloquently, she could do nothing with her hands. And so Stack thought she would be fluent in Braille, but she was not. Instead of learning to read with her hands, all the reading that she had learned from was done for her by her family. She couldn't do anything with her hands, even though they were completely fine. The cerebral palsy had not impacted her ability to use them at all. And so after observation, Stack realized um, what was happening. And so he decided to uh, do a, like an experiment on her. Not a, a bad experiment, a good experiment. And so Stack, um, what he did, he instructed others who were feeding Madeline to stop hand feeding her and put the food on, on the side of the bed, on the table. And they would tell her where it was. And to start with, she refused to grab the food because it wasn't something she would normally do. And so for, da for, for a day or two, she just refused. But after a while, she was so hungry, she decided she had to do something about it. And so Madeline just started using her hands to reach the food and start feeding herself. And this is a true story. And she learned so much how to use her hands, she went on to learn all these different kind of things that she could do. And one of the most famous things that she learned was actually how to do pottery. She started to use clay and, and, and mold things with her hands and she has now got some amazing art from her hands. And they call her the blind sculptress of St. Benedict's. And I think this is what maybe is happening in the church. 
You know, we have all the knowledge. God has shown us. We've, we've had the, the, right, you know, the preaching. But maybe us living in this post-Christian society, we have forgotten how to use our hands. Maybe no one has shown us how to use our hands. And so we've relied so heavily on Christian practices and, and that we've built, it's been built in our society. And now that they are disappearing, we, we start to feel lost. We're starting to get angry because we have forgotten how to plant the gospel. We've forgotten how to go and, and be the sent church. And I, I truly believe in my own journey, I've had to rethink. I have, I've had to learn how to use my hands because that was me. And I believe we have this wonderful opportunity as the church to, to make a change, to step out. And first of all, we need to take responsibility for this culture. We need to take responsibility for where we are right now. I, I, I refuse to accept that Christianity is declining. I refuse to say that's because of culture. I believe it's because I've forgotten how to use my hands. And so my heart is that we can come together and, and, and be the church that God has truly called us to be. I know that we have it. I know that you guys have the heart and I'm, I'm seeing it, but it's not going to take just one or two. It's going to take everyone. It's going to take the church. And, and, and this is the message throughout whole scripture. God sending his people. And he doesn't do it by just giving us a few words and off you go. He gives us the Holy Spirit. He gives us the power. But it's not until we decide to use that, decide to step out of our comfort zone, that we're going to realize that we can do this. That God has equipped us. He's walking with us. And I've seen some amazing things of what people are doing in the church. And they can only be done because of what God is doing in his power. God wants to transform lives. He wants to transform families. And until we understand that our culture has changed, we no longer live in this Christian culture. And so we need to understand the culture that we are living in. We need to go back to what the disciples were doing. How they... We're loving people and caring. And I think that's something that I'm learning that what God has been showing me over this time is that I need to be Christ to those around me. I need to show that compassion. I need to show that care. I need to show that love that Jesus did. And as, as we do that, that's going to attract people to Jesus. It doesn't mean we don't speak truth. But... But I think as we, we use our hands and use what God's given us, I think we can shift those stats around because God hasn't changed. He's the same God yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And I just, 
uh, Rach, uh, God has been speaking to Rach, and it's something I just want to share, and I've, I've shared with our leaders about when we go to plant the gospel, what steps do we take? And, and something that Rach um, felt God speak to her about was the seasons, and particularly different seasons uh, we go through during harvest, and I'm talking about gardening. And I just loved how God spoke to her because I felt like it, she, he spoke to her through to me. And I just started to really think about how a harvest season is so short. You know, I've, I've been on a farm and, and I've seen the work it takes to, to, you know, to prepare the soil. You know, and how you have to rely on the rain. And how to, you know, that we have to continue to protect it from disease and... Um, and I just felt God was just kind of speaking through that. And I shared that with our leaders as well. And I think this is something we have forgotten in the church that we just expect a harvest to turn up on our doorstep. You know, we pray for revival and, and think that the harvest will just come without preparing the soil, without the maintenance, without the hard work. And so I feel like God has been sharing in me, and it's something I want to encourage you is that we need to start putting in plow to the ground. And these are, the, these are the things that I want to encourage you and that I, I feel God has been speaking to when we're going to plant the gospel. And when I say the gospel, I'm talking about planting the seed. When we go to plant the seed of the gospel, the first thing that we know that gardeners do, you need to find the right soil. You can, you can find soil and, and it could be the worst soil. And look, some seeds are great. They do grow in soil. And Jesus even talks about spreading the seed and some will grow. But we do know that if you don't find the right soil, it will be just hard labor and hard work. And what I love about God, God is already working in people. He already has communities that he's been working on. You know, I've seen it in my own journey. I, I often go down to the, the park and, you know, looking for opportunities to plant the gospel. And, and I had a guy that I was talking to and, and when I was chatting to him and we were talking about Jesus, and it, was just, it was just amazing. God was just working, giving me the right things to say. And as he was speaking, he was, it just, you could just see that he was just responding to the gospel. And I was just walking through him. Anyways, at the end of it, I just thought, this guy, you know, he's keen. Hey, mate, would you love to catch up and let's, let's read the word together. Let's, you know, I would love to pray with you. And he said, no, 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 I'm not interested. And I was, I was so disappointed. But then I just, he just said straight back to me, hey, I think, do you think God's doing something? And I said, what do you mean? He said, I had a guy last week come and talk to me about similar stuff that you just spoke about. And straight away, I just went, God is working. God is working on people. He is preparing soil. And, and, and he, all he needs us is to be present, to be planning the gospel. And it could take a few times with people. And so I want to encourage you, have you listened to where God is working? Have you seen the needs where people are open? Look for the soil. Pray for your neighborhood. Walk. And see and, and listen to, to those that are around you that may be open already to the gospel. Another thing I've learned um, with gardening and, and watching Rach is that when we plant the seed, 
and, and just, the, who is the seed? What is the seed? Yes, we talk about the gospel is the good news, but often we forget that the seed is us. And so often we think it's words speaking out or sharing this full gospel, but do you know the gospel is also us being transformed? It's us, the living word, living through our lives. And so when, when God talks about planting the gospel, and what I believe, it's actually us planting ourselves in the soil. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's not just always speaking, it's also living, living in that soil. And it's from that, and to give you an example, Jesus talks about the parable of the sower. And he talks about the harvest and how there'll be a hundredfold. Who's the hundredfold? Salvations, people. And something that I know about harvest or farming, do you know where we get the seed to plant? It's from the previous harvest. We grab the seed that we got from the harvest. We grab the best seed, and that's the new seed that we plant for the next cropping. And what I felt God saying is that God wants to plant you in these soils. He wants to use you, and the more we plant seeds, the greater the harvest will be. And so I guess the question is, where are you planting yourself? with those around you. That can be very specific. It could be a certain area. I know some guys are doing stuff with, uh, you know, around in Fish Week, they're planting themselves. Some, it might be generalized. It might be in your workplace. Where are you planting yourself? Who are you planting with? The other thing that I know about Harvest or when it comes to planting the gospel we need rain. We need sun. We cannot grow without those things. And so what I'm talking about, we need the Holy Spirit to saturate us. You know, I see so many Christians going out out of obligation because they have to do it. And there is no walking with the Spirit. There's no being full of the Spirit. And, and, and that was one of the requirements before the disciples went out was that they would be filled with the Spirit before they went. And that's just more than just the gifts. And so I just believe as, as believers, if we're going to plan ourselves, we need to continually be saturated in the Holy Spirit. We need to continually be Spirit-full lives. If we're going to have an impact, if we're going to see this, this seed and the seed inside of us grow... And so I want to I wanna encourage you, how, how are we doing? You know, how are we making sure that we're staying saturated in Christ? How are we spending time with the Holy Spirit? You know, are you doing what we did today where we just sat and listened and just allowed God to speak in? Because I truly believe if we're going to plant the gospel, that's where it's, it's got to be part of the growing. And as people come around us, they're going to be saturated and, and see that the Spirit just flow through us to them. And that's going to help them grow. The third thing, and then there's something that uh, Kathy actually shared when we, were, we had prophetic words on Friday night, and I love this. For some plants to thrive, you need companion plants. There are certain plants in the vegetable garden that actually protect other plants from disease and insects. 
And for example, you, you know, basils can help tomatoes grow. I mean, go and talk to Ryan, he knows all the different plants that'll tell you which ones will thrive and if you're a gardener. And I think this is the same with the church. We can't grow without those around us, those other plants. We can't thrive. And if we put ourselves and plant ourselves out by ourselves, we, we, we run the risk of disease. We run the risk of insects destroying us. And so that's why it's when we plant ourselves, we're planting with the church. The church is the missionary. We need each other to help grow. We need each other to, 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 to be planted. And lastly, something I've learned about gardening and seeing is that we need patience. I encourage you, if you struggle with patience, maybe start a garden. You know, I think this is something we may have lost in the Western world. The art of patience. You know, we, we want things to happen so quickly. We want it just to happen, you know, and, and we see that with fast foods. I know that myself, I even need to catch myself when I'm waiting more than five minutes at Macca's to get my food. But I, I, what I've learned about the gospel when planning it, it takes time. You know, what missiologists believe, and this is Jesus, when Jesus came and sent the disciples, after 70 years, at 100 AD, they believed there were only 25,000 Christians. That's what missiologists believe. That's not many. Considering what the disciples, you know, we read the scriptures and go, wow. You know, they, they must, the gospel must have been just booming. And it was. Don't mishear me. In that context, it was. Around those towns. But after 200 years and 300 AD, guess where the gospel had grown to? 25 million. That's what they estimate, 25 million. You understand Christianity is a generational. We're not just planning the gospel for our generation. We're planning the gospel for generations to come. We're planting seeds that we're going to see a harvest that we may never see in our own time. You know, I love the story of Adoniram and Ann Judson the first missionaries to send from, from the U.S. And their story, uh, they, they had planted themselves um, in Asia and they were in this country of Burma. And they came to share the gospel. You know, after 13 years, they only had 18 decisions for Christ. And through that time, they had lost a child he lost his wife. A lot of things went wrong, and he, he, but he spent his time continuing to, to plant the gospel. And you know what? It took one person that he discipled, that he walked with. And this person didn't even know the language, but he had carried the gospel. And, and the thing that Adoniram did was that he had written the, the, the gospel, the New Testament in their language. And after he died, you know, that country became a Christian nation because of him. 
but he didn't see it. And I hear these stories over and over again. And so I want to encourage you when planning the gospel, Galatians 6.9, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. God is sending us. And I, I, I really believe that he's sending us to plant the gospel around our neighborhoods. He's sending us to plant the gospel with our work friends, our families. And it's so easy to give up. It's so easy to get frustrated. It's so easy to blame the government for not allowing us to speak. But I just want to encourage you that continue. Look for opportunities. See where God is working. See where God is preparing the soil. He has sent you to plant the gospel. There's no one else in your workplace except for those that are in there like uh, Christians. You may be the only person that they get to hear the gospel. They get to see the gospel. I encourage you to continue on. Don't stop. Keep allowing God to work through you. Saturate yourself with God. Let the Holy Spirit work through you. I truly believe that as a church, we can shift. We can shift and we can start to use our hands. We can start to, to live it out. We can start to point people to Jesus. Because there are people that do not know him. They don't. Maybe they've heard of him, but they don't know him. But we can show who he is through the way we live, the way we speak, the way we care, the way we have compassion on those around us. We are the sent church. And so I just want to encourage you to really to rethink the things that you may have grown up learning. You know, maybe you've forgotten how to use your hands. It's not too late. Like I said, Madeline was 60, 60 years old, and she learned to use her hands. And now we, we remember her of the things that she's done with, with sculptures. Isn't that amazing? It's not too late. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you that you are the same God yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And that you have called us as a church to be sent, sent to redeem your people that you love and you care for, that you want to restore. And I just pray, Lord, I, I just say that you forgive us, Lord. I, I know you forgive us for, uh, you know, just sitting on our hands and not using them. But I know as a church, Father, that we want to use them. So show us and help us. Father, help us to start using them. And I just pray, Lord, you help me to encourage others. Help me and show me how I can use my hands more for your kingdom. And I just pray, Lord, that, that is those stats of, of Christianity you know, dying, Lord, that's going to shift because the church has made a shift. The church have learned to use their hands. And I thank you for our brothers and sisters, Lord, that are already using their hands. Father, they're already going out and we're seeing your kingdom grow. I just pray, Father, that we haven't gotten 
this place we're in. We haven't forgotten what you can do here as well. In Jesus' name, amen.